Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction. And I woke up this morning feeling pretty crap, I've got to be honest, but my next guest cheered me up no end. I find that um, I've been alone quite a lot because uh, kids are away and stealing my husband, he's traveling a lot. So I found myself talking to my very own self quite a lot recently, which is a little bit worrying. So it was a real joy to speak to my next guest. And she is total heaven. I kid you not. You're going to love this conversation. This is a bonus episode and our 65th in total. And our guest today is with the BBC Radio 1 presenter and DJ Charlie Hedges. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out, you guessed it, what's inside. Today, I am with superstar DJ, Radio 1 presenter, live lounge host and perfect pint-sized package, Charlie Hedges. <laughs> oh my God, Charlie, you are, I kind of, I looked you up, obviously I googled you because I, I listened to the live lounge, it's my favourite radio show of all time, but, oh. and you look so much better in real life. Oh my god! I'll take that. You really? <laughs> Mom, did you hear that? You are stunning. She's got kind of this beautiful ash blonde dye within an inch of its life hair. Amazing kind of apple cheeks. Beautiful, lovely teeth. Done, maybe. Yeah, yeah I fixed. Had, um, oh look, I'm coming really closely now. I had an Invisalign recently. So nice, and these exquisite eyes—the most sort of Scandinavian colouring. But you're an Essex girl, aren't you? I was going to say, a defo not Scandinavian would love to be, but I'm 100% Essex, and I'm definitely going to take that. What did you say, pint-sized package? That's going straight on my Instagram. <laughs> That's my, that's my profile, my bio. No, but you're not just the pint, a pint-sized package. You are the perfect. Aww. And all the best things do come in small packages. Thank you so much. But, Charlie, do you find being, being um, petite, do you find it difficult to sort of source clothes? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've got some terrible socks on now. Oh, I can't believe I'm showing you. Yeah, go on, let's see. Just show me. Don't judge me. But, look, I always have to get – I've got, like, flared trousers on. But yeah. they're, they're always so long. I'm like, um, even when sometimes I go to the short section, sometimes they're not short enough. <laughs> sometimes they're still so long. But so normally, yeah, I, I get everything taken up. And I love wearing suits and stuff. So, yeah, that's a nightmare normally. But then saying that, I do think if you can get a suit taken in so it fits you perfectly, it's, it looks the best anyway. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think I think more people should do that anyway. It's it to get something fitted properly. If you can find a you know a local person, a local seamstress or something that can help you do that, it makes all the difference. Do you know what? I, I was panicking a bit today about what to wear because I was like I used to watch you all the time on TV. Like, I was quite obsessed actually. I used to watch 
you and Trini all the time. And um, yeah, I was thinking, what the heck do I wear today? I was going to just bust out a pair of pajamas because then I thought you can't judge me. (laughs) 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 I wish I had now. I've got some nice Christmas pajamas I was going to wear for you, but yeah, this is what I've gone for. You're gorgeous, but you are petite, but you look like, and having seen the photographs, you're very in proportion, which is lucky. Well, yeah, I suppose I like my boobies. They're quite yeah. nice. They're not yeah, too they're big, good. not too small. They're all right. She's flashing them, by the way, <laughs> nips and all. I'm seeing it all, but you won't be, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> they're the lucky ones for not seeing it. <laughs> and they're gorgeous. They're so pert and perfect, like her. But, Angel, you grew up in Essex, and your dad yeah. was a black cab driver, and so obviously very hard-working um, family. And did that influence you? Oh, my gosh, like... I wish every person in the world was lucky enough to meet my mum and dad at some point because, yeah, I mean, my dad is a gem. My dad is basically the reason why I got into radio and how I got into radio because he, um, cut a long story sort of short, but when I was about 13, I applied for a a journalism, or they were looking for a journalist, uh, this local magazine. I was like the shyest kid as well. I always used to go red. I was mortified when people just looked at me. But I, I loved writing. I knew I wanted to be a DJ even from a young age. I knew I wanted to, to be in radio. And I saw this advert in a magazine and uh, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to call them up. So I called them up, said, um, look, I've got no experience. I'm a kid. But can you take me on just to watch you guys, like watch what you're doing behind the scenes? So I was like, do you know what? For the cheek of it, come and come and just hang out. So my dad, bless him, he used to take me like once a week, twice a week, five times a week, whatever. Um, to wherever the shoots were, wherever they was writing articles, whatever, gigs, like little gigs. And then randomly, my dad started picking, he'd always picked people up in his cab, like the odd sort of, I don't like using the word celebrity, but the odd personality every now and again. But around this time when I was 13, when I started like being introduced to this magazine, he started picking up loads of celebs. So he'd tell them, as like most cab drivers are, they're amazing talkers and the best people. And he would tell them that his daughter's working for this magazine. One of the people that he picked up happened to be a DJ on Kiss FM, which was mad. And he was like, okay, so this is what my daughter does. Can she come up and interview you? So again, I was this little shy kid, absolutely pooing my pants, going up to the station. Like, I couldn't believe what was happening, really. Interviewed them. We just got on so well. And then from age 13, right up until I started university, I'd go up there like on Saturdays, Sundays, all my school holidays, just basically spend my time up there just trying to learn everything, as well as working for like loads of magazines, newspapers, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how the journey started. As I Literally, as I was starting my journalism degree... Um, I got a call from the breakfast show on Kiss and they were like, look, we're looking for a, a tea maker, a runner. Do you want to come and do it? So I was like, yeah, but I'm, sti- I'm still doing uni, just so you know. And um, so, yeah, so that's what I do. I'd get into Kiss at like half four in the morning. I'd finish the breakfast show at nine, drive to Harlow College, do my degree. Did that for three years. One day they asked me a random question behind the scenes. I knew the answer. They put the mic up. That was the first time I talked on air. So to go back to your question, my dad has a massive part to play in this, and my mum also, because they're my biggest supporters. We never had, we had the TV on when we was younger, but not as much as music. Radio yeah. music was always on. But that's, I mean, I, I just, I'm thinking of my daughters at the age of 13, you know, they could barely butter a big piece of toast, let alone <laughs> oh, yeah, for you to go and do that. I mean, that is extraordinary to be that young and have the balls, which 
to do that is, I mean, and also being incredibly shy. So your desire and passion to do it must have been completely overwhelmingly inside you. I always felt, and I, do you know what I still do though, it's, it never goes away. And I was chatting to my mum about this yesterday and my mum said, you are never, you're never going to be that confident person that inside that everyone thinks you are. You're Because oh, yeah. it's just not you. You've been that little girl from the start. And obviously, you know, my work name is Charlie, but my mum always says that you're Charlie at work, as in you're, you know, you somehow find inside yourself the person you want to be. And at home, you're Charlotte. You're, you are still that shy person. I so identify with that because I was very, very shy as well. And it's kind of like you learn how to perform in a way. And I, I still feel it. It's like even with my family sometimes, I feel like it's a performance I'm giving. So I might be feeling mm -hmm. really down or angry, whatever it is, but I'll still put on this performance of being okay, being happy, everything's fine. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So for you, so I completely identify with that. There's two sides. When's your birthday, by the way? Oh, God, I hope with this. I'm July. When are you? Are you? June. So we're so not that, cancer. Not, yeah. Okay, now I'm Gemini, split person. But do you know what? I think, I, I think like, and that's the thing, with like being on radio, anyone that knows me well enough, and well, the thing is, even if you don't know me, what you hear on the radio is who I am. That is 100% me. But you just got to think, when I'm talking, go back to when I was probably 13, as I was saying those words, I would be going red. That's the difference. Okay, uh, now yeah. I hide the redness. I, I'm 100% I'm myself. When I was a kid, I used to, I, I'm the same person, I used to run around, I used to be mad, like all over the place, singing, dancing, talking rubbish, which is what I do for a living, do you know what I mean? And yeah, the, the only difference is I, I can hide the shyness more now, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you Let know how to disguise it exactly. Yeah, completely. But even like, look at you. I, I would never, I would never look at you and think that that's what you were like. But I, I find that easy. I still am. I mean, I just yeah. learned how to cope, and it's it's so interesting to know what what you kind of. Well, as I've got older, I kind of understand what my coping mechanism is. So usually, mm -hmm. it's to come out with a really crass quite shocking comments so I'll meet someone new and the more the more famous they are the more crass and shocking it'll be and it can go one one of either way and usually I'll get I've always got away with it and that kind of immediately breaks the ice because you don't have to go well and how long did it take you to get here and yeah you know yes, how's your work you just go those are the most fucking hideous pair of shoes I've ever seen on anyone in my time. Or I would rather die of hypothermia than wear the jacket you're wearing. And it's kind of, you oh, know, brilliant. but that's, that is the coping mechanism. So, so not, I don't want to drop names in here, but I feel like I have to, to get to, if I could, we're so the same person, this is brilliant. We, I had uh, Chris Martin of Coldplay in the, yeah. in the live lounge a little while ago. <laughs> And one of the first things I said to him, I'm like, why I was fuming myself. But I'm the same as you. I said, because he performed without his shoes on. And I was like, do you, have, do you ever have pedicures? You've got a lovely big toe. And I was like, like <laughs> I've just told Chris Martin he's got a nice big toe. <laughs> I was waiting for my boss to call me and go, you know, the live lounge. Yeah, you're not having that anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. That is genius. Oh, oh God, I salute me. you. I salute you. So... 
Did you, I mean, this is about clothes, but I could talk about music and, you know, our insecurities, which we'll probably go back to. But um, <laughs> do you, what, from what age did you have an interest in clothes? Or is that kind of secondary for you? And I'm not saying that because you look like shit. You look gorgeous. <laughs> it's not like, I mean, do you really care about clothes? But did, did you have an interest in clothes from an early age? Oh, my God. Like, my mum says from as far back in, as she can remember... I, my mum would pick outfits out for me and she said I would go to the drawer where my socks are or like where my little hairbands were and I would look for stuff that worked with the outfit that she picked out and you know me and my mum are the closest we are like the bestest of friends and even yeah like now every single year we've we've always made time to go shopping together like whether it's once a month once every whatever like my mum is the person I go shopping with even to this day and I just feel like, really? yeah, without my mum, it's pretty pointless going out to bed. In, in fact, I, I surprised her a couple of weeks ago. She thought we was going, I made up some story that I needed an outfit for something. And I took her out and surprised her. And we went shopping for her because it's always, you know, been nine times out of ten, her coming with me to find an outfit for something for work or whatever. I always treat my mum in different ways. But, um, but yeah, it was so nice to, to turn it around. And I had a whale of a time. I made her try on stuff. She didn't want to even go near. But I was like, do you know what? You, you never know. Sometimes the things you think you can't wear, you can. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've always loved fashion. Always loved it. Really? And who, who would you say? Did you have any icons? Did you have anyone who you aspired to look like or whose, whose style you loved? I really, I suppose, keeping in, like, the radio world as well, for me, really, because when I was growing up, I would, yeah, I mean, I listened to radio all the time, but I always, I always loved the way that Fern Cotton dressed. Yeah. I love that she just had such, and still does, has such a unique style, and it's so suited to her, and she can pull off the most random stuff, and it just works. I, I don't mm. know, there was, and I think just the way she is as a person, I've, I've met her once briefly but I, I would love to meet her properly I just think she's beautiful and yeah I, I love that she's got her own quirks I think that's the thing yeah yeah she's sort of very the way she I totally agree with you it's just so um authentic it's kind of airy and you just look at her and you think you have made you know you've just picked something out of the wardrobe and it, you it's kind of like she dresses on her feelings in a way yes totally totally I can completely see that um can I ask you a quick question <laughs> Yes, you can. Let's get the let's get the the radio DJ out. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. You know, like when you when I go to like the hairdressers and I go in. I need to do my roots anyway. But like when I go in, I always think, oh my god, I wonder what they're thinking about my hair. Like, are they looking at me and going, that is a disaster? Do you, because of your background, do you constantly assess people's clothes or not at all? And now, I mean, yeah, absolutely not. And because I have no, now, I have no right to do that. I mean, you should see me. I have literally become <laughs> one of the people that Trini and I used to help. You know, I just, I genuinely, I mean, it's not that I don't give a fuck completely. I do, even on my, if I'm on my own, like I'm on my own at yeah. home at the moment because the kids are away or traveling and my husband's abroad. I still kind of consider what I'm going to wear. But when it comes to other people, not at all. People's appearance is is I've learnt is is so irrelevant. It's yeah, genuinely totally is. And it sounds such a cliche, but it's it's who they are. And it's funny. I have you interviewed Sam Fender? 
No, we was meant to a little while ago, but he had to pull out. But no, he's, what's he like? Is he amazing? He's amazing. And, and what I yeah. love about him, and this is kind of like uh, for someone of that age, which I find so interesting, is that he he is totally true to himself. And it's not about appearance. It's not. It's completely about his music. It's about his guitar. It's about all guitars. Uh, he has multiple. It's about his um his lyrics and you know that's very rare in someone that age especially in that world and that I admire so much more than how they look and you can cover up or try and disguise um you know someone who hasn't got much to say or hasn't really lived a life or and it's not enough you know I can see straight through it now so as soon as I see someone who's perfectly put you know put together i i i don't trust them i think you wow. have you've spent too much time trying to look gorgeous what are you hiding wow oh my god i'm so glad i asked that question i, I always wanted to know like yeah like what is in your head because do you know i always say that about radio and tv like with radio i think we're I mean, I know like a lot of stuff goes on social now. It does. It does go online. But with radio, I think when you're listening as like as you know, if I'm listening to the radio, you completely like zone in on that person and you just hear who they are. You don't know what they look like. You might never know what they look like. You might look them up. And that's why I think radio compared to TV, I don't know. I just feel like radio is so powerful because you really I don't think you can fake it. If you can't, if you are faking it, you're bloody good at it. Because to fake radio is, is, it's impossible. You wouldn't be able to do it. It's so true. But then you have other people, um, you know, thinking musically, who kind of have, who earn the right to dress in a kind of eccentric or over-the-top way. So someone like Elton John, he's earned the right to wear, oh, I love that. You know, it, it's like okay, you you. He's sort of like the queen. He's untouchable. But that's yeah. taken a long time, and it's like, yeah, you can do that because we know you. We know you're a real person. We know, you know, we know how amazing you are as an individual. How smart. How you know, musically talented. Everything else. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. The psychology of clothes is yeah. is really interesting. So my darling, let's get back to you again. Um, so you co-presented Kiss FM and mm-hmm. I mean, it became the biggest commercial, uh, breakfast show, didn't it? It's mad. Like that's extraordinary. It's mad because again, like going back to when I, I first started there, I suppose never in my worldest dreams would I have thought that the, that the show would have been that successful because it's just not something that I thought of. I, I, I was just loving my job, living my dream, as like as cliche as it sounded, and not really thinking about anything else. Like, I always knew I wanted to be on radio, always knew I wanted to be a DJ, and that is all I went for. I didn't really look past that. So when, you know, every radio, as they call it, which is, you know, um, like how they assess how big, a sh- or how big a show is, when they used to come in every quarter and the show was getting bigger and bigger, we'd be like, bloody heck, this is actually happening. And again, like even when we did become the number, like the biggest, the number one, I don't know. It's never, maybe it's because of my background and what my family are like. It was an incredible thing. But for me, it was more 
it weren't about being number one. It was thinking about how many people we've connected with and how how yeah. big this radio family was because it was the breakfast show was a massive family. All the listeners were in, incredible, and it was like being out with your mates. Sometimes you'd go out and you'd see someone, and they'd be like, "Oh, where's your where's your dad?" And I'd be like, "How do you know my dad?" I'd be like, "Because I talked about him on the radio." Do you know, but it was it it generated that nice family feel, and and I honestly believe that that has come with us um, when we when we started Radio One. That family has come with us, and we've gained more family. It's it's mad, but it's been a crazy. I was at Kiss for fifteen years, fifteen and a half years. From when from when I started uni, yeah. That is that that you know it it that has to be a testament to you because with all due respect, you know you're up against Capital, you're up against Radio One, you're up against Radio Two, so it is pretty extraordinary. You know, it's it's compared to those giants, Kisses like Small Fry, and yet you were the biggest breakfast show. It's a big achievement, really is, yeah. Yeah. And um, what about DJing? You actually DJ and, and um, how the hell do you, because, you know, it's one thing being a presenter and, you know, slapping on a few records, but actually <laughs> DJing, how did you learn to do that? Oh my God. It's like just my favourite thing in the world. Um, so that was when I was at KISS, basically I, um, the days that I wasn't at uni, I used to stay behind and um, use the studios and just like, I used to ask people that was around like how to use them and just look at YouTube tutorials as well, to be honest with you. And just used to practice, used to practice in the studio. I'd be there for hours, like literally, sometimes six, seven, eight o'clock at night, like just practicing. And then, oh God, I got my first ever gig and I was bricking it. I wrote down, I don't do this anymore, by the way. Like I don't, I actually don't plan my sets anymore, which some people find bizarre that I don't, but I, I genuinely don't. Um, but I planned every single song I was going to play. I even wrote down the, the, the times in which I would mix in the next track. Mad. I, I still wish I had that piece of paper. I remember getting that first one out of the way and then I was like, thank God. And then from then, honestly, like it's just been... I can't explain it. Again, like my, my parents and, and my brother and my family are like the, my, my biggest supporters. And actually, everyone everyone that just knows me from being on the radio, that people that follow me, honestly, I, I can't, I don't want to like blow smoke up people's backsides, but people that do follow me online, they're, they're the best. They really, they bloody support yeah. me and everything. And I took my mum and dad to, I played at Boardmasters Festival um, a couple of months ago. It was the first time I've played there. And um, I took my mum and dad, and it was the first time they'd been to a big festival that I played at. So I sort of put them at the side, like they was at the side of the stage. I wanted them on the stage. I wanted them to see it. And when I started, I'm only, I'm only telling you this, not because I think I'm Billy Big Balls, because I definitely ain't. I just want to tell you, cause so you know how my mum and dad felt. Yeah. And um, when I started, there was like a big gap between me and the last person. So basically, there was no one in, the, in this tent. And then about two minutes before I started, I started seeing like people coming. I was like, please, 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 God, let my mum and dad see, please. I want them to see like a packed tent. And then all of a sudden, honestly, I couldn't believe it. There was like eight plus thousand people in this tent and we were just going for it. And I just looked at my mum and dad. I could cry now. And I just saw my mum crying and my dad just, he just looked. So, and my mum is well shy as well. My dad is as well. Like, even though he's a big talker, but my mum is really shy. And I was like, get your backside ears. So I just grabbed them both out, got on the mic. And honestly, I can't remember what I said now. 
but it makes me go cold and everyone just cheered for my mum and dad and I was like, this is, this is the moment I wanted and that, the only other moment I want, genuinely, is m my brother, he's just had a little boy and um, beautiful Jensen and next year I want to take him on the stage with me, I really do. That's that, once I've done that, that's the next few boxes ticked, I'll be happy. <laughs> That's just, I completely, yeah, I can so understand that. And funnily enough, my, my youngest daughter, Cece, she was at Masters, and she was one of the ones in your tent. No, she wasn't! She was, because she came back, and she's very, you know, she's a real muso. She's got amazingly eclectic taste. And I said to her, oh, I'm inter interviewing Charlie Hedges, and... Um, she was like, I thought she won't know. You know, she doesn't listen to radio. And she went, no. Oh, oh my God. God. And, you know, we've interviewed so many people on this podcast. And you are the one she's the most excited about. Oh, my God. Oh, what's her name? Cece. Cece, you're a ledge. Thank you so much. She is a ledge. Oh, my God. Bless her. Thank you. That's so sweet. And so doing the live lounge now, is that something you aspired to or... Did it kind of happen and now you just can't believe you're there? This is weird, right? This is really weird. Um, have I got my... I'm having... No, I can't, I can't go upstairs. I was going to show you because I've got a little mood board thing, but there's so much crap in my room. I, I can't even show you in that. You never talk to me again. Um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll show you mine. It's, <laughs> trust me, it's what, my, my whole room looks like a kind of dog basket. Oh, yeah. It's just Same. It's one of them ones. And I, had, I had a mood board, and I've still got an email as well that I sent a couple of years ago, and I sent this to my boss a, a, a while back, and on my little board was um, Live Lounge, because, I, like I said, mentioned earlier, I used to listen to Fern Cotton all the time and bloody loved her. And then underneath that was the biggest dance show, Love Dance Music. Of. So when I got offered dance anthems on a Saturday, which I do Saturdays at four o'clock, I was like, okay, this is really weird. So that's that one ticked off. And then when I got a call to say we just got the live lounge, honestly, I went up to my mood board. I wanted to just, like jump on it and just kiss it because I was like how is this even possible like how can you write down those words and then they actually happen wow. so yes that this is the show that I've always wanted alongside a dance show which I have which is just mind blown that's this just mad <laughs> I don't even know how this Mother's Day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I don't know. Um, who was the first guest you interviewed on the live lounge? 
Oh my God. You better remember. You better remember. So, my first person, that's how I'm getting out of this one, is Camilla Cabello. Okay. Because we're, um, we're still socially distant in the studio at yeah. the minute. So, like, the American stars or, or wherever they are in the world, they're obviously doing it remotely at the minute. And the ones that are here performing are um, are here, but me and the boys have to interview them separately. So, we're all picking, like, a person each sort of thing. So, we're rotating. So, she was my first one. And then I had Rag and Bone Man, Bring Me the Horizon, who were incredible as well. And who oh, and Coldplay, just done Coldplay. Amazing. And who do you really want to interview? I know it's maybe you don't want to say that, but maybe is there anyone who you would die to have on? I would love. It could be a dead or alive, dead or alive. Oh my god! Straight up, someone has passed away. Prince, like. Thank you. Are you the same? Are you the More, same? I mean, I love Bowie, and but when Prince died, I went into mourning for about a month. Same. Yeah. Just the saddest, like, to, to think that we won't, I mean, of course, like, they, his music lives on, of course it does, but to think that we won't get to see him perform again yeah. makes me genuinely cry. So, he, I mean, to interview him would have just been ridiculous. But I, I do love, I do love Arctic Monkeys, I do love my bands, I, I would love to have, like, a massive band, because we, we had Bring Me The Horizon in, and honestly, yeah. watching those, I was just like... I, Especially because the last two years we've not all been out, been able to go to live gigs and stuff. I've missed watching bands perform and, and just artists perform in general. But there's just something about a, a live band for me that I think it goes back to my mum and dad. Like they always took me to festivals when I was like a little dot, really. And yeah, yeah. that. So a, a, a huge band I would love. I would also love like a Bruno Mars, like a Justin Timberlake. I'd love to see. Oh my God. And even, oh my God, even I'd love Lady Gaga. Because I've not met, I would love to meet her. I find her fascinating. So she'd be up there on my like top. I mean, list. she's top just so. I'm so glad that she made that um, film, The Star Is Born, because I think a lot of people didn't realise what an incredible voice she has and what an exceptional musician she is. And it's it's kind of like her look overtook her talent. Yeah. And. Um, my God, I mean, just, yeah, goosebumps. She's a star. She is, and like, it, weirdly, that the film is A Star Is Born, but I agree with you. I feel like she was almost like reborn when this came out because, like you said, her, her real fans, her big fans knew how talented she was from the start, but I, I think there'll be a lot of people that would have been like, blooming neck, I knew she was good, but now they completely understand. Yeah, I, I love her. I think she's amazing. And are there any, I wonder, and this is like looking back, I, I often wonder with the live lounge, there must be a lot of art, artists who won't do it because it is live. And there's so many, I mean, I get so frustrated with me, with contemporary music. A lot of it's changing a bit now, but just how manufactured so much of it is. And, you know, most, a lot of them just can't sing, sing for shit. You know, it's all... <laughs> No, but it's all kind of like tampered with in the studio to get the pitch right. And I mean, there must be people that you wouldn't have or that wouldn't have the courage to do it because they haven't, their talent doesn't have the conviction. I, do you know what? I mean, we, we're never, we'd never be involved in, we're never really involved in that process of, of sort of who's coming in and who's yeah. not. I mean, like we can totally put people forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I would hope that if there was someone that, because you know, like, there would be certain artists that would one hundred percent admit that 
they might not be the best singers, but they're performers. And, yeah, you know, so you know that's what people are going to see. They're going to see someone perform. And, and is that endearing that actually they haven't got the best voices, but bloody heck, they put on a show. Would I still go? Hell yeah, I would. So I'd almost like, to, I, I would encourage those people, if there are people like that, to come and do it because there's a rawness about being live. And do you know what? Sod it. So yeah. what if you don't sound great? Do you know what? If, if you... If whatever your talent is, you might not be the best singer. Maybe you're the best dancer, or maybe you're the best performer. You're maybe your best person. I don't know. Whatever. Who give, in my opinion, I'm like, who who cares? As long as you are giving us a performance and you connecting with people in some way, shape, or form, then do it. I would love to have someone in that that might not be the best singer, just to see them, just be normal, just go, this is me. Have some of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> The person I'd love to hear on Live Lounge is um, Kate Bush. Oh, God. Can you imagine how amazing that? I mean, she's like a kind of hen's tooth. She's such She'd a rarity. Can you imagine yeah. how amazing that would be? I think there's a, there's a lot of artists like her that... We played a Justin Timberlake, like a Live Lounge Rewind on our show a couple of weeks ago. And um, oh, it was just... I wish I'd have been there live because just listening to it, it, it was just epic. He's such a talented guy, and he again, like he's a really shy person. When I when we interviewed him a few years ago, I was really surprised that he's quite timid, and yeah. you know, and he goes on to perform to millions of people, and I admire that so much. He, yeah, I think yeah. most artists are fundamentally yeah. shy because it's kind of almost like they go on stage and it's like an alter ego takes over. And that's where they can leave their shyness behind. So in the same way as you, when you started out, um, you know, it was a different persona, not a different persona, you were obviously yourself, but, you know, you had your kind of armour around you. And I, I think that's, and same with comedians. I think a lot of comedians are very shy. But talking about shyness, do you have a comfort blanket, something that you gives you, kind of makes you feel cosy and safe? So I used to have a legitimate, well, I say used to, I'm going to tell you straight up. Um, I still have a actual blanket that I had from when I was newborn. I don't, when I moved out of my house, my mum and dad were like, okay, enough's enough. Like, I do think you, this needs to stay here. A, because if you lose it, you will never live your, you wouldn't live it down. So I don't have the little blanket with me, but it used to be huge. And that's about this big because it's been like battered in the washing machine over years. <laughs> they used to, do this weird thing only oh. up until only up, oh god, only up until about five years ago oh god it's so embarrassing but I used to do this weird thing so I used to like put it on my forehead and like bounce it I'm such a weirdo anyway that's the one that I still have but I have got something to show you and this okay. is <laughs> I used this this morning because I didn't have time to wash my hair and that is my dryer shampoo oh brilliant yeah can't live I can't live without it, it. yeah it's just it's a lifesaver, like whether, I, I'm, <laughs> whether I'm working or not. Yeah, not. it's Baptiste dry shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's I, the best. Because it gives your hair such a good texture. Because I hate my hair when I've just washed it. Same. I yeah. like it when it's got, I mean, my hair is filthy. My hair is always filthy. But, so um, you know, when it gets a bit dirty and it's kind of a bit, because then it sort of holds its shape more. 100%. Like this, I mean, my hair is a state today, but I knew we weren't fully using all it's this amazing. Uh, video stuff. But this is like five days old, these curls, and they look better on the fifth day. Like when I, I look like a poodle when I, or a judge when I first curl my hair. Do you know what I mean? And then. Yeah, oh, it's kind of like, what is it? 
the sun will come out <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> little Annie running around. We caught through calls. Someone's used a, a curly uh, straighteners this morning. Yeah, so uh, dry shampoo for me is life. But I am a bit, because I've always, like you said at the start, I've always bleached my hair for fun. My hair's, I try not to wash it that much because it just dries it out. But I've started having highlights now, so I don't have like block bleach. I just have highlights. And then I always use like a grey shampoo, like silver yeah, shampoo. Yeah, what colour is your hair? Because I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to take what, a picture of you. What, natural or not? I'm taking a picture of you now because, no, not natural. God, I, I, I'd imagine you can't even remember what it was like natural. I'll have to show you a different part of my body to show you that. But, uh, <laughs> Like that, that part of my body is the same colour as your hair now. Okay. Um, let me see. Because I'm taking a photograph okay, of you close. because my eldest daughter will look amazing with that colour hair. So what is it? So it's literally highlights and then... Um, yeah. do you want me, I can't remember the name of the shampoo. So do you want me to get it for you? No, no, it's fine. But just well, after I'll tell you after. send it to me because it's such a great colour. It's just that it's... amazing in, with It's that for grey hair. The shampoo is for people with grey hair. Is it that purple shampoo? Is it yeah. purple? I can't remember the bottle though. I'll, I'll message you after, but it's right. bloody good. Okay, cool. Okay, this is kind of weird about you, weird fact about you, is that you're a fan of female boxing. Oh my God. Love it. Absolutely love it. Love boxing. I, I mean, I've always, I've always loved boxing anyway because my dad and brother are massively intimate. My dad used to box up when he was younger, not professional, but he had like, he was really good. Um... And so, yeah, always growing up, like, watching boxing. Yeah. And uh, for me, like, when they really started to push the girls, like the Katie Taylors, the Savannah Marshalls, I mean, going for days, I was just, I loved it even more because, again, I, I love, it shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case that the, that the girls weren't the headliners at this. But anyway, because we could bore each other and go on as to why that shouldn't be the case forever. Correction, you would bore me. We wouldn't be boring each other. You'd just be boring me about boxing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know, but actually, I do love boxing. I do. I used to write about it, but yeah, go on. But the thing is for me, like, to see women headlining because they are the best in the game, it's just, I think it's just incredible. And, and what they've done for, not just for women, but for men, for male boxers, it, it, it's just incredible. But what do you think it is? Because I... I mean, I love boxing as well. I've always, since Lennox Lewis, I got really into boxing. But um, I think, like, I, I, I sort of feel a bit uncomfortable watching female boxing because I'm worried they're going to get hurt. And that sounds so sexist, you know, for yeah. as a woman, well, as anyone saying that. But at the same time, there's such an elegance about a female boxer in the same way that... You know, Muhammad Ali, he, he was so elegant. He was fast, but he was so elegant. Yeah. And, and, and girl boxers are kind of like that. They have this sort of, it's very sexy, I think. I, I totally agree. Because women are so powerful. They're powerful anyway. Yeah. And then to see two female boxers make their ring walk and then just go in and... I think it's the respect that boxers have for each other as well, generally. I, I love the sport because there is that massive respect element. It is an, it is an art. I think boxing is, is yeah. a beautiful sport if stopped at the right time. Because for yeah. me, and, and I think, you know, it, yeah, it, it is amazing to watch, but I also don't like people getting hurt. And I think it's, it's good now that, you know, they are, fights are stopped at the right time. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love the respect that boxing comes with. I love that the fighters will kick poop out of each other and then, you know, that they'll shake hands at the end or touch gloves and it's yeah. just beautiful. And yeah, for me, I think women and female boxing is just, is taking over. I, I think it's, it's epic. Like when I finish my show on a Saturday, when I finish dance anthems, if there's a fight on, I will literally race home to sit at home and watch the fight because I, I, I love boxing so much. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Because I mean, I it's so true. You've kind of actually reignited my interest because it's. It, I think more than any other sport, it has it has such integrity. Like mm-hmm. right, or yes, of course. There's you know, it, it kind of didn't start out like that. There was like little backhand payments and. Which I kind of love that side of it. If you look back historically about, you know, it's almost like cockfighting to start with, but it was bare, bare knuckle fighting. And so I love the history of it and everything. But yeah, it's just, it is a beautiful sport. It is. And it's the, the amount of training that goes into it, like their diets, they're, they're so strict with each other. Their trainers are so strict with them and they're strict with themselves. And But I do, do you know what? I do love to see, I do love to see um, a retired boxer or a boxer in between fights where they get some downtime and they can just eat for their life because I love food. And I always genuinely, it was the last fight, it was um, Tyson Fury's last fight. And I, I every time I see a massive flight, fight like that, I always say to myself, oh God, I wonder what food they're going to have after this fight. <laughs> I'm like that was me I would like have 20 burgers or like something that you really they're not allowed to have it, it's free to eat whatever the oh, hell you want shove it all yes. in but do you box yourself for exercise do you do boxercise or whatever it's called I've done it a couple of times but um yeah it was I mean it was good it's so it's so good for you but I, I do I do like exercising I used to run loads loads and loads and loads when I was at school I used to be a really good long distance runner and then I run a little bit every now and again, but no, I'm more like walking and a bit bike work, yeah. really. But I just like to eat. How about you? Are you fitness or? Uh, yeah, no, I am, but I run because I, I live yeah. in that. And I do it kind of um, more for my head than anything yeah. else. And I do it, I, do, I run for my head and also to be able to eat more of, you know, more chocolate or whatever I want. Same. <laughs> that's, that's for me, that's the, only, the two main reasons um but I do love it and it's like you know on a day like today if I get a chance and just to go out and I live in the countryside and it's just oh it is you kind of get to that point where you reach a state of grace and there aren't many yeah. things that I find I mean you you I'm sure you find that with music I find it with writing and I find it with running and I think we're all kind of searching for that state of grace where Whatever it is you do, it is you're doing kind of blocks out everything around you, including the kind of chattering brain that's telling you negative thoughts. And do you do you have that when you're DJing? Do you get to a kind of point where it's like you almost go into a trance because you're so focused on what you're doing? Hundred percent. Like I can't even relate to the weirdest thing about what you've just said. This is really weird. Um. So a couple of days ago, I was in the studio writing a new track, and the the track is all about what you've just said. So basically, about it's Matt. It's so weird that you've just said that. Yeah, it's it's about sort of silencing everything. So just just 
you know, silencing everything that's going around and just homing in on what you're doing right now or just listening to the way you're walking up the escalators, getting on the underground, into going into work or when you're deep, when I'm DJing, completely forgetting everything else and just being in that moment and completely living that moment because I think I've spent so many years and again, I, I do feel like I will always be a part of this person. I don't think this is always going to go away, but I've I've spent so many years of my life from a kid upwards worrying about making things perfect. Say if I do this wrong, oh my God, say if I do that gig next week and this happens and that happens and this happens. And it, like I, I, sometimes I have like five or six voices in my head, genuinely, that are talking at the same time. And it's just, it's, it's just the weirdest thing. And so I, I'm really trying to get into that habit of focusing on that one thing that I'm doing today and even you know even getting the training to work in the mornings and stuff reading a book but re actually reading the book not reading the book and then having to go back to the second line because I've just thought okay so next week I've got this gig and that gig if I do do that going back to that line and, and really go no pack it in this is not about thinking about next week so yeah I'm, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to be more like that because otherwise it just completely takes over your life and like last year I just had like such a wobble, which is so weird because I, I've got the, like, like I mentioned earlier, the most supportive family I've got. I have honestly got the best family in the world. And even to have all that support around you, to still go down like a little bit of a dark road where mm. I am worrying about too much, that, that doesn't need to be worried about. And, and yeah, and that and goes back to saying, that's why I've started the, the tracks that I am starting to make now. I'm really trying to make them more personal. Because I know that if I'm feeling like that, I mean, you've just said yeah. the same thing, oh, which is why you go for a run so, or whatever. We all do. And kind of, you know, young kids at the moment, you know, more than ever, that that's what they, they worry. And it's just like, you know, my kids, they worry. And I go, you know, the kind of rule of thumb, I think, is don't worry about things you can't change. It's so true. So you can't change what's going to happen tomorrow because it hasn't happened. No. And then you waste all your time today worrying about something and you ruin today. So yep. I think that's really valuable that you're. I, I want to. I want to get my hands on what you're writing when you've done it because I think that's a of course, really that's, I'll valuable. I'll send it over. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so, darling, if you're going to, do you want to kind of do more TV or is it just radio that you're you're in love with? I would like to do more TV. Like we we yeah. did a show a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a live lounge special, and it was sort of summarising like what the month was in September of all the artists we had in and it just got that fire in my belly again to do more TV and then I did I love football as well so I went on Soccer AM which is on Saturdays a little while and I love that so I think I've, I've been so focused on my radio career and obviously making music and DJing that I've not really explored TV to that extent but it is it's definitely something that we are looking into now yeah and again it, you know it's not something I'm going to force of course not because I do also believe that, you know, if it's if it's right for me, it's, it, I've always got it. And if I, if it's not been right, I don't get it as much as I want it. So, yeah. like, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to explore. I feel like it would be fun. You have to, you'll be so good. I mean, I just think about past presenters on the Brit Awards and stuff like that. I mean, you would, you're just, you, you're just so... Um, the word I mean authentic is such an overused word but you're so kind of natural and just talking to you now I woke up in a bit of a shit kind of state of frame <laughs> of mind this morning but talking to you 
it's not just that I feel better, but you've got this ability to for people to feel like they've known you all their lives. That's and so cool. In an instant. And if you can translate that onto television, that is gold. So I think you'll do really Gonna be my agent. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I need a job. <laughs> You're in. Let's do this. <laughs> It'll oh, be a great so team. Have you so if you were going to present the British Awards, for example, what That's on my vision board, Susanna. That's on my vision board, by the way. That's on my vision board. You're gonna do it, I know you're gonna do it. So what will you wear? What will be your what we call your birthday suit? I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate for the Brit Awards now you've put it like that. <laughs> I, I love pajamas. <laughs> yeah, the ones I was going to wear for you. But I do love Christmas. I really love Christmas because it's family time. Like, it's just the best thing in the world for me. I love Christmas. And I was thinking, what's the closest thing I can get to looking like a Christmas tree? So then I was thinking maybe I could, like, get some kind of suit or a dress that completely lights up. Imagine Amazing. a suit and it's got like a little button in the pocket, like on your booby. You go whoop and you're like, whee! <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Oh, but that just sums you up. Something like that sums you up. But you don't need it because your personality just is lit up. But that would be fantastic. Can you imagine just walking on it. and a really everything is blacked out and then you walk onto the stage and you just like press the little button and light up and that's all you see is this little figure <laughs> going across the stage I'll tell you what if this happens you're coming to the bloody Brit Awards with me that okay, is happening well. alright if this happens and I get this outfit you're coming because this okay. is the first time I've had this okay. conversation promise yeah, I okay. never break a promise, promise. Yeah. I can see your okay, pink. good I'm there um, so my darling have you had a wardrobe malfunction yes um, many but the biggest one the most embarrassing um, was I was presenting an award at this event a couple of years ago and I can't remember the exact outfit but I know it was a dress with like a bit of boobage which I don't mm. tend to go for the boobies out really but also with my boobs even though they're not massive I showed you them earlier they're yeah. so heavy they've always been really heavy and when I bend over they go in <laughs> they okay, go into okay, like okay, pyramids at these little spaniel ears now, with the little nips down. She literally, she's got her top off and her bra off, and she's leaning forward and doing and they go into like little pyramids. They're the weirdest things. I but don't know. Gorgeous, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like they, they, I always have to wear a bra because they're not massive. But yeah, they are well heavy and they just go all over the shop. So yeah. anyway, so I was wearing this dress and I got these like stick on. You know the stick on bras. That you can get. I know what you mean, yeah. So I had these bras that were like it was stuck to me, and about two minutes before I was about to go on stage, they it broke. And honestly, one boob just literally flopped. <gasps> and I was like, oh my god, I, I cannot, I can't go on, I cannot afford to not wear a bra. And I was thinking if I had to bend down, the pyramids are out, do you know, it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> it's career suicide. So um, uh, generally, like, I'm, I'm not fussed about whether, you know, something's yeah. not right on an outfit, but this one I couldn't get away with. Anyway, so there was a lovely floor manager who lended me some gaffer tape. So about two minutes before, I was, like, gaffer taping my boobs up. And, I mean, they were the best they've ever looked. <laughs> Let me tell you Fantastic. that. Fantastic. <laughs> All you need is a bit of gaffer tape. Sorts everything out. <laughs> a nightmare to get off. By the way, Charlie hasn't really been showing me her boobs. I just want to make <laughs> I mean, that. I can if you want. One day no. she will. One day she will. Um, but Charlie, listen, I'm not going to take out any more of your time, but I have 
I have so loved talking to you. Re I really mean that. It's like what it's one of the best interviews I've had, and I absolutely oh. on my children's life mean that. You are thank amazing. you so much. And can I can I just say as well? Because again, I'm not just saying it because I'm looking at you, but honestly, you were such a big part of my childhood growing up and I genuinely me and my mum used to watch you all the time and I don't know I, I was so excited to meet you I, I called my mum straight away I was like you're never gonna bloody believe this she's like oh my god and honestly it, it's so nice to meet you because yeah I, I just think you're bloody awesome so thank you so much no you're amazing oh god let's listen to us both you know kind of mutual everyone's puking now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but listen, I wish you all the luck. I can't wait for you when you present the Brit Awards, and I'll be there at 100%. You can turn... Imagine you turn me on before yeah, I go on I'll stage. Yeah, I'll turn the switch. I'll do the little flick of the switch, and <laughs> sort it. Oh, my God. It's going to happen. I know it is. Yeah, it is going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. All right, Angel, listen, have a, an amazing Thank you. Week, weekend, and good luck with everything. You, Thank you, you really so much. deserve it all. Oh man, I could cry. Honestly, thank you so much. Thank you, Charlie. Oh, I really loved meeting you. And seriously, we could have talked all day. You can catch Charlie on Radio 1's Live Lounge, my favourite radio show, from Monday to Thursday and dance anthems on Saturday. And follow her on Instagram at Charlie Hedges DJ, at Charlie Hedges on Twitter and at Charlie Hedges Friends on Facebook. You can also find us at MyWardMal on our socials, on our website at MyWardMal.com and of course, subscribe, rate and review us on your chosen podcast platform. Finally, you can find our sparkling house band duo at DuoGuitarMusic.com or at DuoGuitarMusic on their socials. That's it. Thanks so much again to Charlie and to Duo and of course, thanks to you for listening catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.